a sex and relationship podcast where I'm Beth and I'm just Beth because there's no Brian today, (laughs) which is why I'm having a hard time because he's normally, you know, a lot better at this than me. But um, anyway, uh, our last episode, if you did not catch it, was about catfish and uh, that was a lot of fun. You know, we talked about how to spot a catfish, how to um, make sure that you don't get catfished, etc., and so today we have a very special guest co-host, and that is our good friend and now third time Frank and Beans uh, special guest host Zach Flusher. Hey, oh, absolutely. <laughs> is that Brian enough for you? I mean, yeah, I, I was you can like, be best. <laughs> I can I be like, Brian. <laughs> you're gonna have to play Brian. So start drinking whiskey now. This is like two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to get drunk yeah. with Brian on this show, you're going to have to start drinking two days ahead of time. <laughs> I got a mason jar full of Everclear. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> well, Zach, you are our special guest today because you mm. actually had a very good, for a couple of reasons, but we'll start with this one, which is that you have a good catfish story. Is that right? Yes. Um I mean, it happened, like, I think it was in Oklahoma. I forget what river it was in, but, like, the catfish were just, like, everywhere. I and mean, I was hungry. My buddies were hungry. We we had knives. We had arrows. We had hooks. I mean, you were just <laughs> sticking, your, you were sticking cool your fists in every story. hole you could find. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, we are talking about noodling, right? Is that why I'm on the show, yeah. to talk about noodling catfish out of a dirty water in Oklahoma? Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah yeah no uh but uh i do i know someone that had a catfish uh incident happen to them it wasn't me personally but uh i don't want to say who it was i don't want to like embarrass anybody but i listened to y'all's episode and i figured i'd you know ask if you want someone to talk about it since like i said it wasn't me but it's like it's such a weird situation you want to go through and uh so this person that was going through it she got a hold of me one day and and she was really excited because she was about to leave her boyfriend that she's been with for years and years. And I was happy that she was going to do that as well because he's a piece of shit. <laughs> and uh, so she messages me one day and she says, hey, I got some crazy news. I'm like, what's going on? She's like, well, I met somebody and I think I'm leaving and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, this is cool. Who is this? And she was like, well, it's somebody I've been talking to online. And I was immediately like, I don't know about this. But I mean, not that uh, online makes it like weird. I mean, that's how I met my girlfriend was on Tinder. But like, she's talking to someone online. I mean, yeah, yeah. But so, but the thing is, she didn't meet this person yet. And she's only texted him like through messaging and stuff like that. And, um, you know, he, so to be honest, it was like very like run of the mill catfish story. Like mm-hmm. I can't believe she fell for it type thing. Oh no! Because um, he was a uh, he was in Mexico working on an oil rig, <laughs> which say, immediately was, is like oh. 
I was gonna say, does You're he have a Nigerian what? cousin or like? <laughs> Probably. It was He's along those star. lines. He was an Egyptian prince of the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, like, yeah, he uh, in, he didn't want to talk to her on the phone because he was embarrassed about his accent or something like that, and uh, he sent her a couple of pictures of him, and they've been talking for a long time too. Right, and like he at, he got to a point where they were just uh, so these pics. I mean, the guy might be a dick, but uh, <laughs> so the the pictures are, or let me get to that in a second. Um, so they were messaging each other, and um, he said, "Hey, I want to marry you and move down there and take care of you." And keep in mind, they're still just talking online and stuff. And oh my so she starts taking this very yeah, she starts taking it very serious and. Uh, she was telling me about this, and I was like, telling her, I was like, are you sure this isn't a scam? She's like, oh, no, we've been talking for a while. And I was like, okay, I just, you know, you got to be careful about stuff like this. And she sent a couple of pictures uh, to me and my girlfriend, or to me, and we looked them up. On, you know, you can do a reverse Google search or whatever, a reverse image on Google. And uh, it's not like an old man. You can do one reverse image on that Google. But, uh, <laughs> so we, we, also, she's your fiancé now. So this that, guy so. was... Yeah, my fiance. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I could be a grown up, huh? Your fiance, <laughs> my girlfriend. <laughs> but uh, so he's wanting to move down here. He's wanting to. He said he wants to, you know, meet the kids and meet his kids as uh, as well. And uh, you know, he sends these pictures. We do the Google search, and we find it someone else's Facebook. Like, it's just some random dude. He took a couple of pictures from that guy's Facebook of some random, like, middle-aged white guy, you know, 50-something years old. Yeah. And uh, I sent this profile to my mom, and I was like, well, here's this. And we, like, looked up all this, like, stuff that, like, uh, related to the incident and, like, looked up, like, other scenes that were, like, the same way. Did I just say, uh, did I just yeah. give away who it was? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Fuck. <laughs> we, can, we can edit that out. We'll edit that out. <laughs> yeah, I can. I can just throw a bleep in or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, she's not gonna listen anyways. I won't share right. it. Right. But uh, she's so, our biggest uh, fan. What are you talking no, about? No, we we find. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah, she likes Frank. She doesn't know about me. <laughs> <laughs> so um, damn it. Anyways. Um, <laughs> Big giveaway, but um, so yeah, we found all like all, I forgot all the info we found. We found uh, the guy's uh, company. This guy like, owned a company, and we sent that to him. And like, hey, here's the guy from the picture. Here's what he does for work and all this stuff. And like, she, you could tell she had a hard time believing it at first because she's been mm-hmm. talking for a while. And oh, they always do. I, I mean, I I didn't talk to her about it too much, but I, I mean, I'm pretty sure she, you know, let him borrow money and stuff like that. Something like. Well, uh, I get paid, and then when I move down there, I can pay you back. Like, I didn't get into it too much, too much, but you know, I, we let her know, like, the, hey, this is a scam. You got to stop talking to this. And she almost did. She like, she was like pretty convinced at that at that point. Like, she was like, well, I don't know. I mean, I called him or I messaged him and talked to him, and he said, you know, he he that I, he can't believe I would think that about him, and he was crying and all this stuff. And I'm like, my. <laughs> Right. Like, lady, lady. <laughs> <laughs> ma'am, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, whatever. Fuck it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it was honestly a pretty obvious, like, scam. But, mm-hmm. I mean, she's she's 60 years old now. 
I mean, she just turned 60. So, I mean, you're not used to a lot of, like, internet stuff when you're that oh, age. Oh, not at all. I mean, I'm not, obviously, when I say internet stuff. Internet but, uh, stuff. No, but, I mean, like, my mom would have been the same way. You know what I mean? Yeah. She probably, especially, like, because she was so innocent, she would have fallen for stuff like that. I mean, she was too good for this world, but... I mean, she definitely would have fallen for stuff like that. Because it's like, you know, especially women, you know, who are nurturers and, you know, who've been moms their whole life, you know, they they just want to take care of people. And they don't mm-hmm. think the worst in people. They don't want to think about, you know, that, that somebody could be scamming them. Right, right. And uh, I think she was, you know, looking forward to being out of that relationship, which now she actually is. She's actually about to move to Texas. Well, <laughs> Hopefully not with that guy. But, right. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, she's moving to Texas. Like, yeah. <laughs> she's transferring jobs and all that stuff. And I'm like, glad this dude's a fucking shit bag. Like, I've almost gotten a fight with him a couple times, but, you know, didn't. Yeah. But, <laughs> right. yeah, like, uh, I don't know. If someone's, like, reaching out to you and say, hey, yeah. I'm out in this oil rig in Mexico, <laughs> and I'll meet you in Texas. I don't know, you might want to look into it. I mean, there's there's certain signs you'll see. Like, I mean, I think it's pretty easy to catch a catfisher, but not everybody, like I said, is that like has the knowledge. I don't want to say knowledge, but like, like we 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 would know what it looked like. But a sixty year old might see that, like, oh, this person likes me, and well, this is exciting, and I want to do something new. Yeah, especially the amount of work that he seemingly put into like the intricacies of it. You know what I mean, like. Obviously, mm. like, someone carrying on, you know, you have the really obvious ones where it's, like, some girl, like, you know, mm, I'll send you news and you send me money or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, a lot of them go <laughs> pretty quickly, but, like, with one, like, this, mm. is, this is somebody that was investing a lot of time and effort into taking advantage mm. of somebody who really couldn't probably, you know, I mean, it's unfortunate because, obviously, it's somebody that, like, didn't need to be taken advantage of. No one does, obviously, but, like, you know... Financially, right. I'm sure your mom's not like a millionaire, you know. I mean, or, or, I mean, the lady. <laughs> nah, it's already out of the basket. Like right. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, unfortunately, like these people will take advantage of the the most vulnerable populations, which are generally people like that. So, you know. Right, so, yeah, right. be smart, kids. Don't uh, don't check your mom's tinders. <laughs> <laughs> and swipe right. Right. Okay, which way is the swipe that you want? Is that like? Is swipe that right? Is right. Is right the like? Yeah. Right swipe the your like. mom, guys. In Arkansas, right? <laughs> I mean, you can be like me. You just swipe left on everybody because no one's good enough for you. So you'd be single for life. Yeah, you just get on there and just keep swiping left. It just makes me <laughs> feel good. I'm like, not good enough, people. not good enough, not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I feel that guy was probably, uh, I figure that, I think that guy was probably in it for the long haul. He was going to keep, like, feeding bullshit. Like, cause, I mean, he had been asking for money and stuff. Oh, yeah. And I think they've been talking for a year, is what she said. That's crazy. And, yeah. So, I don't know. We haven't talked about it since. She, uh, or, you know, put it behind you. Don't want to talk about it and all that right. stuff. So, I I'd just bring it live to the world right here. Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> Think about it. Like, it did, it ended up being a good thing because she got out of that other shitty relationship. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's not right. all that, right? Right. Yeah. So, why don't we talk about our topic that we were actually supposed to be talking about today <laughs> on the show? 
um, which is uh, the topic for today. It's actually going to be part of a series that we are uh, starting here on the show, which is going to be the Crimes of Passion series. And Absolutely. Yeah, today, uh, <laughs> the Crimes of Passion that we're going to be counting down are murders, which we figured would also be an appropriate topic for you to help us with because you have your own podcast that is not about murder per se, but it is yeah. a <laughs> murder cast. So yes, yeah. I like to think that people when they first heard you like saying that, they're like, why? Why does she want to talk to this guy when it comes to murder? <laughs> Where is this going? Well, what you don't what, <laughs> what you don't know about Zach is he is a serial killer, and this is actually a show where we're turning him in. <laughs> you may notice his ski mask that he pull, has pulled over his head, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the black clothes, great for hiding blood spatter, you know. It's <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> um, but anyway, so, yeah, so thanks for joining us for this today. Uh, we're going to start it off with number five, which is, I kind of love this case, to be honest with you, because it's really one of the first, uh, anyway, that I can remember, um, women, cold-blooded murderers, like slashers, right? Crime passion wise, crime of passion wise, right? And that right, is right. Jody Arias. Do you remember Jody Arias? I I know the name. I can't think of exactly what it is, but I do that's know okay. The name. I'm going to tell you all about it. Okay, so in the summer of 2008, Arias made headlines uh, when she was charged with murdering her ex boyfriend Travis Alexander, a 30 year old member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints who was working as a motivational speaker and insurance salesman. Uh, they met in Las Vegas, Nevada in 2006 while he was living in Arizona and she was a resident of California. By the following year, they were a committed couple. Uh, after dating officially for five months, the couple went their separate ways, but continued a sexual relationship. You may remember like she's like really hot, Jody Arias. Like she was like, that was the big thing that it was why it was so sensationalized. Um, That's why everybody missed her so bad. Like, man, she was hot. Where the fuck is she? Well, no, she's the murderer. Yeah. Oh, wait, she's the murderer. Okay, she shit, killed sorry. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was that's what makes it so interesting is, you know, she's okay, like. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So on June 9, 2008, right. Alexander's body was found in a pool of blood in the shower of his Mesa, Arizona home by friends who had not heard from him for some time. Uh, in the bathroom, they found Alexander with a gunshot wound to the head, more than two dozen stab wounds, and Ooh. his throat had been slit so deeply he was nearly decapitated. God damn. Yikers. Yeah. Like, gun and knife? That's a lot. <laughs> like, you know, she was making, yeah. She was making sure that she got that job done right there. No joke. <laughs> uh, well, to get even grosser, investigators later determined that the murder had occurred five days before his body was found on June 4, 2008. Quick fun side note about that, though, is that he actually had, like, two roommates, and they're all obviously, like, dude bros or whatever. But, um, <laughs> like... How does your apartment smell so bad you do not smell your friend's rotting corpse in the other bedroom? No, sh yeah. Hey, man, he's been shitting for like five days in there. Right. He's even going to come out, bro. They're like, Travis got to do his laundry, man. We're going to have to have an intervention about this shit. <laughs> five damn days, man. Yeah. That's, that's stinky, man. Yeah. He's in the bathroom. 
yeah. he's a bad potty boy. I mean, yeah, I don't even want to know what that means. Um, but uh, Arias quickly became the focus of investigations. Uh, she was indicted on first-degree murder charges in 2008. Uh, Arias initially denied any involvement in the killing, despite the discovery of her DNA mixed with Alexander <laughs> Girl. <laughs> like... You're like, well, that ain't uh, my DNA shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she later changed her story, claiming that she and her ex had been attacked by two masked intruders. After killing Alexander, the criminals decided to let her live. She chose not to alert the authorities at the time because she feared the intruders might seek revenge. Which Man. is kind of like, okay, the only reason that that is even like remotely believable is because you got to think about it. Like, this girl's 110 pounds, and, like, this is, like, a dude bro kind of dude. And, like, so you would think initially, like, well, yeah, I mean, how could she possibly have, like, slashed this guy to death? Like, right, right. so much smaller. Couldn't he just overpower her? But, um, so testimony in Arius' trial began in early January 2013. That's crazy. It didn't get started for five years. Um oh. But Arias testified that she had killed her ex in an impassioned act of self-defense. So the story changes now for a third time. <laughs> yeah. She's keeping score at home. This is now her third story. Uh, she claimed that Alexander had frequently abused her and that she killed him after he came at her in a fit of rage when she dropped his camera. She also claimed to have suffered memory loss as the result of emotional trauma experienced during the incident with a psychological expert corroborating that she was suffering PTSD. Well, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. (laughs) (laughs) The jury didn't buy it. She was found guilty of first-degree murder and later sentenced to life in prison after two juries deadlocked on whether to impose the death penalty. Man. Yeah. So it went from, like, it went from I didn't do it to... These crazy dudes did it to I did all of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and what's crazy? That's a lot of stabbing and shooting. Yeah. Well, and then there's like I watched the thing afterward about it where like her uh, cellmates were saying that she had an accomplice, and which kind of makes mm-hmm. sense. And it was just like some random dude that was like trying to fuck her, <laughs> like just came with, yeah. yeah, and like helped and whatever. So I don't really know if, how much of that might be true or not, but um. But yeah, it's did it say uh, did it say if they're juggalos or not? Because that could be your answer. <laughs> <laughs> Her cellmates look like juggalos. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Every cellmate's a juggalo. You have to Pretty sign much. a fucking uh, contract when you go to jail. Yeah. You basically. Juggle tract. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was really interesting. If you ever get down a rabbit hole of like watching YouTube videos, I highly recommend the Jody Arias uh, cellmate. Yeah. I'm- Okay. Yeah. I'll check that out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, next we have uh, number four, which is Chris Watts. I don't know if you know about this one at all, but this guy sucks so bad I couldn't even let him win a contest of suckiness. <laughs> so that's why he is number four. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. This guy is awful. Okay. So Chris Watts was married to Shanann Watts and had seemingly had the picture-perfect family in suburban Denver, Colorado. Um, <laughs> they had daughters Bella, four, and CC three, and Shanann was pregnant with their third child, Nico. 
Uh, Chris had been carrying on an affair with a female co-worker and wanted to be free of his family so that he could be with his mistress. So, on the night of August 13th, 2018, he drugged Shanann. There's so, the details of this are just so god damn it. Her name um, is Shanann? Shanann, yeah. Shanann. S-H-A-N-A-N-N. Okay, I just wanted to make sure you weren't, like, trying to say Shannon. <laughs> no, but that's just, so the funny thing is, is a lot of, like, different stories go back and forth, whether it's Shannon or Shannon, but, like, the way it's spelled oh, okay. Shanann. Chris calls okay. her Shannon, and her dad calls her, but her dad calls her Shannon, I think, which was weird. Yeah, anyway. Mm. Um, let's go with Shannon. Like let's go with Shannon, yeah. So, anyway, uh, he drugged Shannon with oxycodone. In hopes of killing their unborn baby, as he said, it would be easier for him to kill her if he knew the baby was dead. Whoa. What the fuck? Okay. So, then he well, strangled What a his- good guy. I mean, yeah, just top notch, yeah. So, he strangled his wife to death and then smothered his daughters using a pillow after the commotion had woken them from their sleep. Jeez. Yeah. It gets worse uh, the next morning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is why I say this guy doesn't can't even win a contest of suckiness because he sucks so bad. Um, the next okay. morning. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I just said okay. Uh, okay. So the next morning, he found that both of his young daughters had survived his murder attempt, and he drove them and his wife's dead body out to an oil field where he worked. He buried Shanann's body. He then dropped each of his daughters, still alive, one by one, down a 20-foot oil tanker while they shouted, Daddy, no. Uh, Fuck. Right? Right. That is, Jesus, I don't even know what to say. This is his own testimony, too, where he really, like, yeah. There's so many crazy intricacies of the story, like, oh, my God. So uh, I'll just keep it to the to the main ones here. Um, after denying any knowledge of their disappearance, whoa, where does that sound familiar, Jody? <laughs> um, <laughs> so after denying any knowledge of their disappearance, Chris then tried to make up a story to police, claiming he flew, claiming he flew into a rage and killed Shanann after she had smothered the girls after finding out about his infidelities. But the details were quickly disproven, and Chris admitted his full responsibility for the crimes. He is now serving three life sentences to be served consecutively in prison without parole. Man. And you know what? Honestly, this is why I'm still on board with death penalty in certain situations. Mm-hmm. Like this like this guy right here, that like it's a definite, yeah, he did this, he... I mean, I'm sorry, fucking death penalty, you know? Right, in my, that's just my opinion. Yeah, I know that, like, most people want to get rid of death penalty, and I don't think every case should be a death penalty, especially since there's people that are actually not, that are, like, getting the death penalty but didn't do the crime, you know? I mean, it happens. For sure. But, like, situations like that where they're like, yes, this is obviously all here. So guilty. Like, that guy deserves to die. So yeah. guilty. And, like, if you listen to him talk about it so, like, cavalier it's just it's really frightening because he's just such a sociopath like the way he describes like 
each of the murders. You know what I mean? It's just like, I mean, even like, let's say you were guilty. You're this guy, right? And you know all that shit mm-hmm. happened where like you gave her the oxycodone because you wanted to kill the baby because it made killing her better. So why would you say that? Why the fuck would you say that? <laughs> I just. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have to tell them about her there. screaming daddy no while you're dropping her down the well? Like, ugh. Did you see the interviews with this guy? Yeah. It's there's a, a new podcast called the Chris Watts tapes and it's like all of this just on on film all the this is his police okay, interview. Check that out. Yeah. So w- when he describes this, what is his voice like? Is he like like yeah, I did this, no problem? Or totally how, how normal. did he sound? It's totally just normal. Like his, no remorse in his voice whatsoever. He's literally talking about it like he I took the trash out. You know what I mean? Like as if you uh, were telling dude. me about your day. You know what I mean? Like that cavalier. Like it's just mundane thing that happened. That's crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. Fucking Mondays. Am I wow. right? <laughs> Mondays. Am I right? I couldn't even suffocate my daughters the right way. <laughs> Luckily, Tuesday came around. You know. Honestly, <laughs> it's wild, but. Quick fun update, and this is actually courtesy of my friend Kathy. Thank you, Kathy, for this fun update. <laughs> my friend Kathy. Yeah, she's awesome. Um, So Kathy told me that he has now been moved to a prison in Wisconsin, um, and that is because the other prisoners in the Colorado jail uh, were staying up night after night for weeks on end, shouting at Watts endless ways to kill himself while he's in his cell. Throughout the nights. Good. Good. Yes. Yeah, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. You know what? And also, I feel like I just want to donate all the noodles to the commissaries of that jail in Colorado. So if anyone has a line on any of those people, I feel like that's a donation well worth our our time. Oh, yeah, for sure. Give them some chimichangas. Yeah, for real. (laughs) I mean, they deserve it. Fuck mm. that guy. I, and they were just saying, like, literally, they're like, we don't even care that they're doing it. We just feel like it's becoming, like, a nuisance to, A, some of the other prisoners, and B, like, the guards and shit. They're like, it's just, mm. just got to move them somewhere else. So, Right, right. Pretty crazy. Yeah, that's gut-wrenching, man. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, Zach, do you want to take a little break since we're at about 26 minutes? Yeah, let's take a little break. Today's episode is brought to you by I Know a Guy Printing and Apparel. I Know a Guy is your one-stop shop for all your custom, one-of-a-kind, promotional, and personal printed merchandise. Not only do they offer the lowest prices you'll find on the internet, but they also offer no minimum orders. Need help with a design for your logo? No problem. They'll offer you a one-on-one personal consultation where they'll help you customize the perfect design to meet the needs of your business, event, or whatever you need quality printed items for. Visit I Know A Guy Printing and Apparel on Facebook today and see for yourself the unique and fun t-shirts, bags, sunglasses, and more that other happy customers have enjoyed. Heyo! Heyo! Back from our break. Hey All right. Um, I'm gonna figure out this podcasting thing one of these days. I'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we are now on to number three, which is Dee Dee Blanchard. Have you heard of this one? Sounds familiar, but I'm not sure. 
I've listened to so many true crime podcasts that yeah. like I like these names ring a bell, you know. Yeah, for sure. Well, this one is a uh, Dee Blanchard. So this case is a crime of passion, but is arguably the one where the responsible party deserves a bit of grace, in my opinion. Um, so Gypsy Rose Blanchard was arguably the most severe case of Munchaus Munchaus Munchausen. 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 Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can read. <laughs> I'm playing Brian today because I can't learn. I can't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So Gypsy Rose Blanchard was arguably the most severe case of Munchausen syndrome by proxy. <laughs> Her mother, Dee Dee, in an effort to garner attention, sympathy, and even monetary and other gifts, pretended Gypsy had a bevy of illnesses from sleep apnea, seizures, visual and hearing impairments, all the way to muscular dystrophy and leukemia. This actually happened um, in Springfield, Missouri. Is this what they made that uh, movie about not too long yeah. ago? Mm-hmm. That, okay. okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't seen that, but I know what you're talking about. Oh, my God, you have to watch it. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. So, um, so Dee Dee falsely claimed, uh, that Gypsy required extreme treatments such as a feeding tube, breathing machines, uh, for her sleep apnea. Looking at you, slusher. Oh, yeah. See pet me. See pappy slusher. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so a wheelchair. She even had her daughter convinced that she could not walk for most of her life. Um, and even had her daughter's, oh God, this is, ish, had her daughter's teeth and salivary glands removed and her what? hair shaved in order to maintain the facade. What, so why the salivary glands? What's that about? So she kept, she, one of the claims was something about the salivary glands, like causing her problems, like with her. I don't know if it was her digestion or what what the hell it was. But, yeah, they removed the salivary glands, which caused her teeth to start rotting because, like, your saliva helps maintain your teeth, yeah. right? So her teeth started rotting, so her mom had all of her teeth removed. Isn't Jesus. That, isn't that fucking horrifying? It's horrifying. Just so they could... Yeah, just so they could receive, like, sympathy and presents and stuff, right? Oh, I mean, like, they got a full-ass, like, brand-new house from um, uh, Habitat for Humanity. Fuck, uh, what an evil person. Yeah, and she was, like, the, um, she was, like, the recipient of, like, the muscular dystrophy, like, you know, like, the saddest case of the year award where they get, like, a large lump sum of money and, like... They were just, I mean, she was a grifter from way back. Like, it was crazy. So, um, so was nobody asking, like, proof or, like, records and shit like that? Or, like, we believe so, you. Here's a house. It was like, I mean, they were, like, so they would move around a lot, I guess. And the doctors, like, only, it wasn't until, like, I think it was, like, 2009 that one of the doctors was, like, I don't think she has these things. Like, one doctor finally got wise to it. But, like, uh, she would, you know, literally insist that, and this is kind of like, you know, if you think about it, most of it is before really the internet and, like, good, you know, doctor records, like, online and stuff where people can check these easily. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, honestly, like, before that, you could probably make up anything to a doctor, especially if the doctor looks at this girl in a wheelchair who's got no hair in her teeth, nothing, like, they're probably not going to question you too hard on 
Yeah, yeah. So we've got a feeding tube. They convinced the doctors to give her a feeding tube. It was fucking wild. Like, and then she's on all these medications mm. that caused a lot of the symptoms that, yeah, it was, it's literally the craziest. Oh. Yeah. Poor little girl. Is she still alive? Well, we'll get to that. We'll get oh, there. Oh, okay. okay. So, Sorry. <laughs> and no, you're okay. So Tell I'll, me the end. <laughs> and tell me the end. I, I need to know the info. Okay. So at some point in her early teens, Gypsy began to resent the sheltered life her mother forced her into and began to suspect her mother's actions were not, in fact, uh, treatment, but abuse. So. Uh, in fact, her treatment escalated to physical abuse, including hitting her, destroying Gypsy's computer, and even physical restraint once she discovered she could walk without her wheelchair. Man. Like, she literally physically restrained her because she figured out she couldn't, like, she could walk. Right. Isn't that crazy? Uh, yeah. Man, it's mind-blowing. Yeah. It's like... I mean, you just think about like some like our lives, just a regular day life, just going about our business, just trying to be people. And then you got people like this, like damning her daughter's life and getting a house out of it. Like, what a fucking weird life to choose. Yeah. God, it's evil. Well, you know, like you think about we used to like like, bits at our parents when we were teenagers for like you know ruining our lives. (laughs) And then you look at this and you're like. Oh my God, mm-hmm. Henry, Mary, I owe you an extreme apology thing. You fuck yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, after forming an intense online relationship with a mentally disturbed man in Wisconsin, Nicholas Godajohn, Gypsy began to fantasize about her freedom and eventually plotted to have her mother killed by her new long distance. She felt this was her only escape. So, on um, in June 2015, Go to John came to all the way to Missouri from Wisconsin to Gypsy's house and stabbed Dee Dee to death while Gypsy waited, ears covered, in the bathroom. Gypsy Whoa. and Go to John returned to his home in Wisconsin, where they were found by the police. And Gypsy had twice posted to her Facebook account that she shared with her mother, once writing, that bitch is dead. She later explained she Whoa. made the post because she wanted her mother's body to be discovered. Man, what a story. I know, isn't that wild? But this is what I was saying in the beginning, that, like, the the person who did it kind of deserves a little bit of grace, right? Like, Oh, yeah, yeah. If I was in her spot, I would want to do the exact same thing. I'd be like, yeah, let's kill her. Yeah. Because yeah. that's what she was doing to her her whole life. She was, like, slowly killing her with shit she didn't have and just Literally, poisoning her, basically. She could have killed her. She could have killed her with all the medications and shit she had her mm-hmm. on. Like, she literally could have killed her. So, um, But as Gypsy's medical records documented the abuse she'd been subjected to, her lawyer was able to arrange a plea deal for the charges she faced in Dee Dee's death in 2016. Gypsy pled guilty to second-degree murder. She was sentenced to 10 years in prison, uh, though she'll be eligible for parole beginning in 2024. Uh, Go to John was found guilty of first-degree murder in 2018 and was sentenced to life in prison. So, I mean, it's kind of like a, I mean, it's, I don't know. I don't hate this story. You know what I mean? It's kind of like Gypsy's going to get out mm. in 2024. 
She'll still be very young. Mm-hmm. She'll be able to live a good life, and she'll finally be free mm-hmm. of the prison that she was in. Yeah, and honestly, I feel like she doesn't deserve jail time. She didn't do the killing. I mean, I know she was obviously part of it, but, like, she didn't do the killing, and she was treated like that her entire life. So, I mean, like, I think she, her time served should be what happened to her throughout her whole life. You know? No like, shit. I don't know. I think almost, Jesus. I almost feel like if it wasn't Missouri, they would have probably, like, you know what I mean? If it was in a different court, in a more, like, California. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because Missouri is, like, so hardcore about shit, you know? Yeah, so, for sure. So, yeah. So that's a good one. Uh, well, <sighs> number two. Oh boy. This, uh, this little tale has so many twists and turns. It's literally the definition of you can't make this stuff up, okay? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, if you thought that one's fucked up, buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, Josh and Susan Powell were married by the LDS church in April of 2001. This is two, two now that were LDS people. So what does that tell you about the Church of Latter-day Saints? Don't do it. Yeah, right. Don't do it. Don't do it. Religion is stupid. Um, no. <laughs> so, uh, the pair started a family. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the pair started a family with two boys and took up residence in a suburb of Salt Lake City soon after. Uh, for a brief period following their wedding, they had to move in with Josh's father because he couldn't hold down a job. Uh, and uh, Josh's father's name was Stephen, so they moved into Stephen's home in Washington. Here, Susan's father-in-law, Stephen, had developed an obsessive infatuation with Susan. Stephen followed her around the house with a camcorder, used a small mirror to spy on her while she used the bathroom. What? Yeah. Stole her underwear ah. from her laundry, read her journals, and even... Yeah. Wait, wait uh, you glitched out when you say stole. What did he steal? Oh, he stole her underwear from her laundry. <laughs> yeah. I've got the read- little mirror. <laughs> I mean, oh my God, right? Like, how fucking creepy. This is your father-in-law. Can you imagine, like, Bill's mother-in-law just, like, stealing your underwear? <laughs> <laughs> Or Jill's mom, I mean, not mother. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my mom's still in my underwear. Right. <laughs> Your poor mom, she's been on the show enough today. We need to leave her alone. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so, anyway, he also read her adult journals and even posted love songs about her online under a pseudonym. So weird. Also, this is another one that's, like, worth, uh, uh, like, the, I think it's on Hulu, but it's really worth a watch because it's so disturbing. Um, In 2003, Stephen confessed his feelings to Susan, as if at this point she hasn't figured it out, right? (laughs) (laughs) I saw the mirror, man. (laughs) Yeah, she's like, yeah, I saw the mirror, saw the online uh, love songs. Uh, notice I was taking a shit. 
So in 2003, Stephen confessed his feelings to Susan, who rejected him. Oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> the encounter was inadvertently captured by Stephen's camcorder microphone. The Powells soon moved out of state, partly so Susan could distance herself from Stephen. Partly. <laughs> okay. All right. Anyway. Um, so... This is a little fun backstory. This behavior would prove to be less shocking once court docs would later show that Stephen and Josh's mother were divorced many years earlier, citing a dysfunctional marriage caused in large part by Stephen's disaffection with the Church of the Christ of Latter-day Saints or whatever the hell it is. (laughs) I always say it badly, Um, according to divorce filings. Stephen shared pornography with Josh and his two male siblings and refused to teach or enforce limits on certain behaviors. As a teenager, Josh allegedly killed gerbils belonging to one of his sisters and threatened his mother with a butcher knife. Jesus. So, yeah, the creepy dad raised this creepy kid who's now married to Susan, right? So we got two suspects in the chamber. Okay, just so we're clear. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So following the move out of her father-in-law's home, Susan's journal entries and email correspondence indicated serious marital problems. No shit. (laughs) Um, Joshua started refusing to attend church services, which, okay, I get that. (laughs) But he he also continued contact with Stephen despite his father's ongoing advances towards Susan. So the dad didn't even stop. (laughs) The heart wants what the heart wants. Honestly. Okay. So yeah, so he refused to stop contacting his father despite continuing advances. Uh he started extravagant spending habits and became extremely controlling in his behavior towards his wife. Which I learned on one of these documentaries that straight up he refused his wife and his kids food. He would just say, no, I'm not going to buy you food. You have to go. Even though she was the one working, she would give him the paycheck. He would refuse them food and she would have to go and like talk to her neighbors and friends about like getting like a spare hot dog for the kids to eat. It was wild. What a spare hot dog. No, I'm not even joking. That's like a true ass story. Man. Hey, can you spare a hot dog? Can you spare a hot dog for my kids? <laughs> uh, yeah. So Joshua filed for bankruptcy in 2007, declaring over 200000 in debt, which what was he spending money on if he's not buying hot dogs for his kids and his wife, FYI? I'm just, <laughs> I'm dying to know what this 200000 in debt was. Okay. Jeez, yeah. Um, but Susan recorded a video in July of 2008 surveying property damage she attributed to Joshua and wrote a secret will that included the statements, I want it documented that there is extreme turmoil in our marriage. And if I die, it may not be an accident, even if it looks like one. Man. Oh, yeah. So this is a videotape that she, I forget where she hit it, but... um. If essentially, she was doing it because, like, she was finally going to get a divorce, and, like, her sister or somebody was like, you need to record all of the assets because he's going to try to hide them, right? So if you record all the shit that you have in your house, he can't lie and say, like, you didn't have a PlayStation 5 or a TV or whatever the fuck, you know? 
So, but then she said that at the end of this video, that was supposed to be just like an either insurance or, you know, like video of all document of all her stuff in case he tries to take it. Um, okay. So on the morning of December 6, 2009, Susan, Charles and Brayden, that was their two kids names, attended church services. A neighbor visited them afternoon, leaving at about 5 p.m. This was the last time Susan was seen by someone from outside the Powell household. So, at first, the entire Powell family was reported missing on December 7th by relatives. The police broke into the house, fearing that the family might be victims of carbon monoxide poisoning. They found no one inside, but noticed two box fans blowing at a wet spot on the couch. Oh. Written all over it. I'm sorry, but come on. Yeah. So yeah. Susan did not. Show, yeah, Susan did not show up at her job on December seventh. Her purse, wallet, and identification were all found at the house. Her, her cell phone was later found in the family's only vehicle, a Chrysler Town and Country minivan. No surprises. That's what they're driving, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, that Josh had been using, by the way, their car, right? Okay. So Susan's missing. Everyone's missing. Uh oh, what are we going to do? Except two box fans blowing on the not murder spot on the couch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just piss. Okay. So later that day, Josh returned home with the two boys and was taken to police station for, cu- for questioning. He claimed he had left Susan sleeping at home and had taken his boys on a camping trip. Police found no evidence of the campsite that Josh had described. They also found it suspicious that Josh would take his young boys out camping after midnight when he was scheduled to go to work at his job just hours later. (laughs) Josh had not told his boss that he would not be coming into work that day and explained to police it was because he thought it was Sunday rather than Monday. What? He just forgot what day it was. Like, did he? Okay, and also, yeah, he thought the next day, okay. I, maybe if you had gone to church, Josh, you would have realized that today was Sunday and not about Okay. <laughs> anyway, that doesn't even make sense for starters. And um, also, okay. So after Susan's disappearance, custody of the boys had been awarded to Susan's parents, Charles and Judy Cox. Oh, this is where the story takes an even shittier turn, right? So, basically, at this point, Susan's missing. We don't really know where she's at, but police have unfortunately exhausted all their options, right? Mm -hmm. So, after all of that being said, Charles and Judy, who are Susan's parents, get custody of the boys. Thank God, right? Um, On February... Oh, God, this sucks. Okay. On February 5th, 2012... The boys were brought to Josh's home by a court-appointed intermediary as the custody agreement required supervision, right? So if he wants to see the boys, he's got to have a a court-supervised, like, person there. Yeah. So uh, the court appointee told police that once the two boys were inside, Josh slammed the door in her face while smiling eerily. She heard the door lock behind him, and she called 911 immediately. However, it was too late. By the time police arrived, a large explosion set the house ablaze with Josh and the boys inside. Whoa. Yeah. 
it gets worse. Autopsy results found Josh had killed both boys with an axe before killing himself with the blaze. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready for one more turn in this story? I sure am. Yeah, you're like, I sure am not. <laughs> okay. uh, why didn't he just let the kids go if he was going right? to kill them? Well, because he, like, obviously at that point he just didn't want. It's like the fucking Chris Watts one. Why would you not just get a fucking divorce, bro? Like, it makes no sense. <laughs> it just right. makes no sense. So this guy obviously doesn't want his kids. It, it's like, if I can't have my kids, nobody can or something. You know what I mean? It fucking makes sense. Right, right. So on May 21st, 2013, so now the wife is missing, still obviously presumed dead at this point. The husband has now killed himself and the two boys. Like, he couldn't even just explode them either, too. He's got to, like, axe chop them, which is just, ugh. Okay. But on May 21st, 2013, West Valley police closed their active investigation into Susan's disappearance stating they believed Joshua murdered her and that his brother, Michael, who killed himself in February 13 after suspicion grew around him. So they're starting to figure out at some point that Michael, who is Josh's brother, helped him to dispose of Susan. He killed himself because basically he did it. Like, he helped him fucking dispose of Right, right. Isn't that... Insane, like the most insane story. Yeah, the whole chopping them up with an axe before you blow them up thing is just yikes. Yeah, I mean it's all pretty unnecessary shit, but <laughs> right, I'm gonna chop you up and then set you on fire. Like, oh, okay, fucking right. pure psycho shit. No shit. Okay, so that's number two. Number one is, I mean. Number one is only number one because of notoriety, right? So, you want to guess what it is? Is it Casey Anthony? No. <laughs> so she's on a different uh, uh, series, which is Child Murders. <laughs> O.J. Simpson. Oh, look at that. Nicole Brown Simpson and Robert Gold, Ronald Goldman. Ooh, uh, girl. And now I only wanted to have officially solved murders on here. Um... I'm pretty comfortable calling this case closed. I mean. Oh, yeah. He did it, for sure. After what I would consider. <laughs> There's no be, doubt. Um, yeah, I wanted to believe OJ was innocent for far longer than I would care to admit. <laughs> yeah. When I was a kid, I was like, yeah, he probably didn't do it. Yeah, <laughs> and Like, when you sure. get older, like, oh, yeah, he did that. Yeah, he fucking did it, right? Yeah, like, that's totally where I was at. Like, I remember where I was when they read the verdict. Do you? Me, too. Yeah, I was yeah. in school. And yeah, they put it over the TV in the classroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So me too. So I was in computer class in freshman year of high school. And I remember that they like played it over like the speaker, which is crazy, right? Like they played it over the speaker right. at school, which is wild. They would never do that now. <laughs> I don't think anyway. Yeah. Well, I remember like literally them being like not guilty. And I was like, yes, <laughs> like audibly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I was excited that he wasn't guilty because I always knew him as Norberg from a, a Naked Gun. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even associate him as a football player back then. I was like, yeah, he's in the Naked Gun movies. Oh, <laughs> my God, those. that's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, I definitely associate him with a football player, but, like, I just, you know, mm. like, 
I I guess that's like how obsessed I am with football and always have been, you know, it's mm. just like that I wanted him to be innocent so badly. And yeah, mm. for longer than I care to admit. And then finally at some point, like I would say within the last decade, I just had to be like, Oh girl, no, he did it. <laughs> like, oh yeah. It's pretty obvious. Son, <laughs> him or his son. I did see um I did see a documentary pretty recently that was about like the potential that his son did it. Have you heard this? Mm, I haven't. Because his son had, like, the same beanie cap, the same gloves that he allegedly owned. His son had a pair, mm. too. His son would physically be able to, like, you know, help him. Mm. Yeah, I bet it was, uh, I'm sure, like, if it's his son, I bet they were both in on it. But Yeah, that's, that's what uh, I think. Is, you know, Ronald Golden was not, he, Ronald Golden was, like, a fit-ass dude. Mm. You know what I mean? And the way... The way that OJ presents himself about the whole thing, like, kind of points out that he did it, especially when he wrote that book as a fuck you, basically. Where, yeah, where the not, if if I did it, and the if is, like, so small that it looks like from afar, it just says, I did it. Yeah. Explaining now how he would have done it and stuff. Yeah, but, like, the if is noticeably so small on the book cover, Mm. like, it's purposefully done that way. I did it. I did it. Like, I swear to God, look it up. If you look up the cover, the if is so mm. small, like, it's, it's, it's like, purposeful. It's He's like, I can never get in trouble for this. All right. I can say what I want. <laughs> right. Do what I want. Yeah, no. But, um, so, I mean, for those of you who don't really know, Nicole Brown Simpson was the ex-wife of former professional O.J. Simpson, to whom she was married from 1985 to 1992 and was the mother of their two children. Uh, she was murdered at her home in Los Angeles, California on June 12, 1994, along with her friend, restaurant waiter Ron Golden, two years after her divorce from Simpson. Simpson, who had a legal history of physically abusing, stalking, and making death threats toward Brown, was arrested and charged with both murders. After a controversial and highly publicized criminal trial, Simpson was acquitted of all criminal charges, but was found liable for both deaths in a civil suit in 1997. Mm-hmm. Fucking wild, right? How, how, how this, I never even heard about the civil suit. How did that even go down? So the civil suit is like, okay, think about the Breonna Taylor case right now, right? So yeah. it's the same thing where there's no criminal charges being filed because mm-hmm. uh, the district attorney is a giant piece of shit and refused mm-hmm. to present any of the actual evidence to the grand jury. So no charges are right. being filed, you know, no charges are being filed in the criminal case, but a civil case is totally different, right? It's a totally different, it's just a judge who's deciding a mm-hmm. B there's just, so there's no jury that's deciding your guilt or innocence. It's just the judge is deciding whether or not, based on the evidence presented that you were responsible for a crime and with a civil suit, it's just like money. So you can get Mm -hmm. punitive damages, you know, all of that stuff, et cetera. But there's Mm -hmm. no criminal charges being filed. So you can't go to jail in a civil suit. It's just for punitive damages and that kind of stuff. So they did get a shitload of money from it, but I mean like Ronald Goldman's family was already rich, so they don't really give a shit. They just wanted somebody to admit that, you know, that their son got that's lost. So, Jeez. That's crazy. And you know, I looked up, I, I mean, recently I looked, uh, I looked into the OJ case for some reason. I think it's um, probably related to a podcast more than likely, but, uh, 
I didn't. I, mean, I knew he killed him, but I didn't know like how much he actually stabbed them. Like I guess uh, I think it was Ron. It might have been Nicole, maybe even both. But one of them, they were pretty much stabbed so so much that they're uh, they were almost decapitated. Like their neck was oh, yeah. like, hanging on. So, so oh yeah yeah like, yeah. Stab 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 stab. I mean, he was fucking relentless, you know. Yeah, yeah, and, like, front and back, like, that's what's crazy, is, like, you can tell she was struggling to get away, and, like, same thing with Ronald Goldman, you can tell that he was, like, trying mm-hmm. to defend her, and, you know, you think about a guy who's mm-hmm. as big as, you know, OJ is, even a guy like Ronald Goldman didn't stand a chance, this guy's professionally fended off huge-ass fucking people, you know what I mean, and especially when you have that right, adrenaline yeah, running, sure. you know, when you've got that adrenaline running, and, like, probably coke mm-hmm. fuel, I would imagine, <laughs> The early 90s, so, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, Jeez. crazy, crazy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's our top five crimes of passion murder. All right. Well, it was fun. It was fun in a way. <laughs> in a way. It was not an episode. <laughs> yeah, it's like stuff like that I just find interesting and like a... Not like a... Like when I get into that stuff, I'm like, oh, yeah, murder. Ha, ha, ha. But I think right. a lot of us, like, just have like a real curiosity about hearing what happened and why it happened and stuff. And like, even though it's totally fucked up, you want to hear about it, you know? It's fascinating is what it is. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to imagine. Right. Exactly. I was just talking to my friend about it the other day and I was like, it's just hard to imagine even being able to murder someone, anyone, let alone someone you love, you know? Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. I think that's why we like those, not like those, but are so interested in those cases. So. So, yes. Yeah. So, Zach, you were so kind as to write us a new uh, intro song for our next segment, which should be What the Frank Tinder Profile of the Week. I'm going to play it right now. I'm laid back but spontaneous. I love to travel and love. I like pinky rings and get harder. My kids come first. I don't play games. <laughs> that about literally sums up the entire. <laughs> could you hear the fart sound at the end? I did. I liked that a lot, okay. actually. <laughs> I will uh, yeah. credit where credit's due on that one. Um, yeah. God. And you, and you, Frank and Beanie's a lot when it's like actually the MP3 on the show, like you'll be able to hear it a lot better too. For sure. Um, yeah. I'm just trying to pull up a I, good one. There's a lot of I like pinky rings. <laughs> yeah. It's so true, though. Like, you are so fucking weird. It's just like, yikes. Yikes. It's just insane. Um, let me find, let me find a good one. Sorry. I didn't, uh, it's, I had so many things I had to have pulled up at once that it was just, it was tough going. Um, no worries. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, all right. Here's a creep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Uh, Justin, are are you ready to meet Justin, Zach? I think so. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so Justin is fifty. He is a working bee at construction. Do you, do you want to guess what school he went to? 
School of Hard Knocks. Oh, bing, 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 bing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember Justin. I went there, too. <laughs> oh, Just Dog. Oh, Just Dog. <laughs> so. I'm 50. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Uh, so, Justin says, I hope to find someone to flirt with. Or maybe just a new friendship in all this wonderful world has to offer. Also, if you think sex is something you have to do in your life and not what you need to do, and it's that thing you have to do while in a relationship, please swipe left. My next companion has got to be someone who takes pride in her body and wants to enjoy it to the fullest and wouldn't be intimidated by attending a swingers party. Yes, I said it. Now, keep in mind that is all one run-on sentence. There's no punctuation other than the fact that Justin started, if you think sex, with a parentheses and never ended with another parentheses at any point. <laughs> now, now, listen, if we're going to be together, you're going to have to fuck me a lot and fuck a lot of other people a lot at the same time, okay? I mean, if you want a chance in this relationship. Right, but what the fucking thing is, though? Okay, here's what he says at first. If you think sex is something you have to do in your life and not what you need to do, oh, wait, I get it. Have to do, not need to do. It's that thing you have to do while in a relationship. That makes no fucking sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of confused. <laughs> Please swipe left. If you understand a lick of a sentence, swipe right. No, I'm just like... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and then he just goes on. My next companion has got to be someone who takes pride in her body. He's like, I don't think he has say, to. No, that's a no fact checks right there is what that is. <laughs> you know, I don't think he has to tell people to swipe left. I think they're going to swipe left when they read <laughs> every other part of this. Problem. They'll probably see School of Hard Knocks and be like, yep, I'm out. Right, because then it escalates real quickly when it's like, and wants to enjoy it to the fullest, and wouldn't be intimidated by attending a swingers party, dot, 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 dot. Intimidated. Yes, I said it. It's like, ooh, like, where's the world star air horn? <laughs> God. What a... Yes. What? What, what the what Frank? A, what a hell of a bio. Right, what the Frank? Yeah, yeah, definitely. God, people are weird. I know, right? That's why I don't like them. <laughs> I know. This is why I'm still single, Zach. It's just it's a, it's a talking <laughs> stuff in the world suck. out there. <laughs> well, I mean, if, I mean, this guy's calling out to you right now, and like he went to the school of hard knocks, so that's something to look forward to. He can teach you like lessons and knocking hard and stuff I mean, like that. And yeah. <laughs> At least the men are more. You got swing parties with sixty-year-olds and all that. <laughs> he's got everything I need. He's got an education. He's got friends. I mean, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, more to the girl asked for. <laughs> Jesus, man. All right, so Zach, this is our next uh, segment. It's a really quick one. We're just we we follow up with who we're crushing on and who we're dumping this week. So. Um, I'll get us started with who I'm crushing on this week. And it is uh, the new uh, reboot of Saved by the Bell. Saved by the Bell. Yeah, I saw they had a reboot of that. Yeah. Have you watched it? I'm crushing I mean, on it hard. I did watch it. You can watch it for free on Peacock. 
It's, uh, it's, it starts off a little slow, but it actually ends up like super cute and way progressive and like, it's very good. I, it starts off bad. A little, the first couple of minutes are a little hard to watch, but then it gets way better. Okay. Yeah. 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 Like, I used to love the show when I was a kid. Right. I, I watched it all movies. the time. Yeah. 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 They also had a Save by the Bell marathon this weekend on E just to like celebrate like the new reboot coming out. So I was like camped inside all weekend watching Save by the Bell marathon. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm crushing on it hard. It's good. Get in them DMs. Save by the Bell reboot. Oh yeah. Get in them DMs. True. <laughs> so Zach, do you want to dump anyone for us this week? Uh, there is something I want to dump. Now, it just hit me too because I was sitting here panicking. He's like, "What am I going to dump?" There's so many <laughs> things to dump. But uh, I tried to watch a show recently, and I didn't even make it past the first episode. And it is The Connors, which is Roseanne without Roseanne. <gasps> yeah. So I was like, you know, this might be interesting. Roseanne's not on it anymore. I mean, she. Uh, Recently, you know, like I'm a big racist and got canceled and shit. Yeah. And uh, but you know, I used to watch Roseanne when I was a kid a lot. Loved yeah. that shit. So I, you know, I figured I'd check out the Roseanne. Like I got like maybe a little over halfway. And it was it was so bad. I had to turn it so off. Bad. It was like none of the jokes were funny. It, it was just like like an old sitcom. It was just dumb, not funny, and laugh track. And oh, it was just, I would track. definitely dump that. I was like hoping it'd be good. Yes. I wanted to like it because I like John Goodman and especially after recently when he did the Righteous Gemstones on HBO. Such yeah. a good show. And I was like, all right. And and actually right before I, w- I tried to watch that first episode of The Corners, I did a whole rewatch of the Righteous Gemstones. Which I usually don't do rewatches of the show, but I liked it so much, you know, I watched it again and I was like, you know, I'm gonna give it a chance. And yeah, it's uh don't bother watching the Connors. <laughs> I doubt it gets any better. So we're dumping the Connors, are we? I'm I'm dumping the Connors. I mean I we can't dump John Goodman. Have I ever told you about my actual connection to John Goodman? I think you might have. I can't like remember. Does your dad know him or something like that? No, no. Actually, so John's wife, Annabeth, Annabeth Goodman is the sister of one of the great loves of my life. And uh, he's no longer with us. Like, he passed away. And, mm-hmm. oh, my God, it was like this. It was the same day as my mom. He passed away. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, no, I mean, it's very sad. Preston Hartzog was his name. He was a, an amazing person and just, you know, it was a very crazy, sudden um health issue. Uh, we were no longer together at, after at the time that he passed away. But... Um, but yeah, his sister was married to John, and so I got to meet him on a couple different occasions. And he's a he's he's as lovely as you would imagine. I mean, he's literally that's awesome. Yeah, he's such a good dude. Seriously, I I love John Goodman. I think he's great, but uh, maybe not that show. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, he's genius. He's great at doing serious stuff too. You know, like Cloverfield Lane and all Mm -hmm. that. Like. He's he's a rock star and he always will be and he's wonderful. So uh so we won't yeah, dump dump, sure. dump the Connor, so fuck it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dump that show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um Zach, now we're just gonna do shout outs and sign offs. So what do you t- plug all your stuff and tell us tell the people where they can find yeah. Okay. Um yeah, I got a 
podcast called Trash Blood Horror Cast. Uh, it's me and my sister and a, another co-host, uh, BJ. And uh, we talk horror movies. We'll talk paranormal. We'll talk, we talk all sorts of stuff in the horror realm. But uh, the main thing that we really like doing, which you've been on the show before and did with us recently, mm-hmm. is uh, we have a segment called um, Trash Blood's Original Sequels. Yeah. And we write a script for each episode, and it's either a sequel or a mashup or something like that in a horror movie realm that's never been made before. Like another sequel to Freddy that we wrote, yeah. And it's always, like, goofy as shit. It's fun. We laugh our asses off. It's The one I'm writing right now is, like, just gross as fuck. Do you remember last I think you listened to the show quite a bit, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, do you remember Christmas Gory? Yeah. Last year was the Christmas story, but it's a Christmas gory. So I'm writing yeah, yeah. a Christmas gory too right now. And it's just like, this, this is disgusting like all the other fucking <laughs> <laughs> scripts we do. But, uh, the sequels of the sequels are sometimes the funnest ones because it's like, yeah. you're already invested in the characters and you already kind of know how they are and it's fun. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So, yeah. And we always, we bring in characters from other scripts. Like we have our own little universe going. Like we'll have like reappearing like characters and shit like that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you can find us on Facebook, Trash Blood Horrorcast, Trash Blood Horror on Instagram. I just started a new page for that to like separate it from my Instagram. But Facebook is uh, where you want to reach us at. You can listen to the podcast on uh, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, you know, just type it in on Google. You'll find it in a bunch of different places. And, um, our last, uh, and you ten too. episodes are, on yeah on youtube and like that's just like our last 10 episodes or so we're gonna probably keep doing that for a while and release them on youtube and on the podcast form and so and besides that i have a uh, distant uncles with ray porter and zach slusher it's like a comedy show that we you know we have we have a facebook page for distant uncles ray porter zach slusher it's just like really weird comedy honestly like we do anything from like making sketches ourselves to like yeah. uh ripping like video from like an old kid show or like golden girls. We did a golden girls yeah. episode, put our own soundtrack to it with like voices and stuff like that. We just try to get really creative and we have like, it's not really a set show on like on genre wise. I mean, it's right. comedy, but we do so many different types of things involved with it. But uh yeah, you can find us on Facebook, distant uncles. Look at this up. Yeah. It's fun. It's it is fun, a lot yay. of fun. It is a lot of fun. I recommend all these shows highly. They're so much fun. And obviously, Ray Porter is one of our best friends. So, you know, he's just a mm. wonderful little person to be around and watch. And it's uh, it's good times. So, yeah. He, and I have one of them. I, I baby boy. I was a distant aunt on one of them. Yeah, so, so yeah you're, a, you're a tough aunt. I was a tough aunt. <laughs> that was so fun. <laughs> I have yeah. no idea like, how much work really goes into like the video comedy stuff, you know? Because it's like when you first was like, you're like, all right, you want to be a tough aunt? I was like, all right, let's do this. But then like you really have to like, it's so much different in terms of writing of like, you have to think, mm-hmm. what is the whole concept? And then you kind of almost have to write a script for yourself. And then you got to get props and you got to like, you know, it's like there's so much more to it than just normal yeah, comedy. Yeah. It's been like a really fun, creative challenge. So, so thanks for letting me, you know, yeah, yeah. be part of all that. Yeah, no problem. So, yeah, all right. For sure. Well, uh, I think that's about it. So, uh, you know awesome. what? We, we sign off the show by saying, take care of your little Frank Samini. So if you want to. Yeah, take care of your little Franks and Beanies. Take care of your little Franks and Beanies. Don't fucking murder anybody. <laughs> <No>. <laughs>